Hello, Freedom Fighters. Thank you for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for pursuing a life of adventure and passion and setting up a location-independent business that can support your dream lifestyle. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Hello, so welcome to another episode of the Open World Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Flood. And I'm not just saying this, but I feel very excited and honored and privileged for having our guest on today's call. Her name is Carolyn Makepeace, and she's the co-owner of one of the largest travel blogs in the world. And she actually cold emailed me asking to be on the show. And I think it's amazing that people are starting to take notice of this show, and it really wouldn't be possible without our awesome listeners. And I really want to thank you for listening to this podcast right now. Several guests have commented on just how engaged our audience is, so I just want to thank you guys. You guys rock. And if you, can, if you can, please go to iTunes, leave a review for the show. It can really help us to grow and reach even more awesome guests. Okay, so on to the topic of BizCall. She's the co-owner of Why Travel Blog, and together with her husband, she's traveled to over 50 countries and lived in five. Even more impressive, her blog is getting over 300,000 visitors a month. That's over 10,000 per day. They also have over 4 million followers on Pinterest, and their travel blog has led to incredible experiences like attending the first travel summit at the White House and the opportunity to speak alongside Kofi Annan and others at an upcoming travel forum in Turkey. She started traveling in 1997, and three days after getting married to her husband, Craig, the couple took a five-year honeymoon with her husband, uh, excuse me, the couple took a five-year honeymoon together and it has continued. They have two kids now, and they're still traveling. So I am really excited for this interview. Thank you so much, Caroline, for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Danny, and thanks for that uh, great introduction. It's, it's an honor and a, uh, a privilege. So why don't, you and, uh, why don't you tell me and the listener a little bit about yourself, your biography, and your background? How did you get started on this path that you're on? Sure. Um, the path started really early for me, straight from university, actually. Um, my brother had, when I was about 18, he had moved over to London, we're from Australia, and he took up the working holiday visa over there. And so I was hearing so many of his amazing stories about the travel experiences he was having, and I decided that that was going to be my path as well. So I graduated from university in 97 as a primary school teacher, and three days after that took off to go travelling. And I started on a three-month backpacking adventure through Indonesia with a couple of girlfriends and from there moved to London uh, to work and travel Europe. And that's pretty much been my life ever since. I have been constantly wandering and uh, living in other countries, working there and using that as an opportunity to explore that region. And then in 2002, I, Craig and Craig and I married and then we set off to to follow the same process working around the world and traveling. Okay, now um, know, oh sorry, continue. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um so I know that you guys what I love about uh you two and your story is that I know how hard you've worked to build this up and you can really see it when you browse through your site and I know that it wasn't always easy. Um, you guys have encountered hardship and come through the fire and made it through stronger. And I think that people might look at you guys and say, well, they must be special. Um, you know, they have mm-hmm. talents or be lucky. Uh, but there was actually a time when you guys were living abroad in the U.S. You lost over 500000 in investments, had moved back in with Craig's parents. I mean, 
you guys have, have gone through all of the ups and downs. So could you tell me a little bit about uh, what that was like and, and what, it, what it took to get where you are? Yeah, sure. I mean, we've we've had so many people comment about how lucky we are that, you know, we've had this lifestyle of travel and we neither of us came from rich parents. Uh, we had no trust fund. We just made it our priority. We were we were determined to, to live this life of travel, so we were going to do whatever it took. And for us, that meant working in other countries and earning income as we were travelling, and, and most people can do something like that. But it got to... Uh, and, and we had invested in uh, property when Craig and I first met, and... Um, we could rent them out as we were travelling and we invested in those properties at a really good time before the market exploded. And when we finished our five-year honeymoon, uh, we returned back to Australia and we're really very depressed that the travelling had stopped. We wanted it to continue, but we had reached the age where we were too old now to get the working holiday visas. So we had to look for something that we could create ourselves. So we were looking for our own portable business. And we kind of took our focus off travel. Like before we had travelled, we had just sort of dived into it and travelled and the money came to us. But now we had this fear that the travel was over and we had to find the money and desperately search for it in order to keep travelling. So our focus kind of switched uh, in the wrong direction and we ended up chasing really bad, you know, get-rich-quick overnight schemes and dodgy internet stuff and bad investments and we moved back to the US at the time this was happening. We just had our first baby girl and we invested in the worst property imaginable in the US. We invested it with Australian dollars so that the currency exchange, it tanked in the wrong direction for us and the property was taken over by blood and crips gangs um and so it was a complete nightmare and so as a result of that we lost our good investment properties in australia which totaled up to be nearly half a million dollars in assets so it was totally soul destroying for us and we were so far away from our travel dreams now and and completely depressed and feeling hopeless and helpless um and then that was the point where I brought it back to, well, I've got nothing now. What is it that I really love? And it came back to travel. And I sort of searched around and, and I had an idea to write a travel book and I thought, well, I need to have people who want to buy the book. And I did a little bit of searching and found travel blogs. And I thought, well, they're writing stories about how we've lived our life for the past 10 years. I'm going to start a travel blog too. And and that was when things started to change for us because we came back to doing what we loved, talking about travel and sharing travel and helping other people to travel. Now, we've had several guests from Australia on this podcast so far, uh, several entrepreneurs. Um, but I think that the entrepreneurial community is not as established as it is in America, would you say? I think. Oh, that- it's not. No, it's still very young. <laughs> Yeah. I saw that you had Dan Norris um, recently on your podcast and Dan's a friend of ours. He just lives down the road and our kids actually go, they're in the same class at school. Um, mm-hmm. So it's nice that we have him nearby because we feel like we have got a like-minded person to chat with. Did it, did it feel kind of uh, unusual and, um, I guess, nerve-wracking when you started to become an entrepreneur? I mean, were you, were you worried? I mean, where did you turn to for inspiration? How did you, uh, how did you make that that transition 
Yeah, well, I I guess when I first started, I didn't think too much about it. I just sort of jumped in, which is typical of my life, really. I, I kind of will jump in and then work, work it out as I go along. Um, but, you know, I mean, we had no idea what we were doing and we, we were just talking before we started uh, the recording about our original website and, and how awful it was. I mean, we did all the design for that and I was just searching online and, and just looking to learn as much as I could. Um, and, you know, that's been a really big part of our journey since is to if there's something that I'm lacking in skill wise uh who who has the life that I want and how did they get there and and then I head to that person to learn from them um so that's kind of the processes and and the people I learn from have changed dramatically as through our journey and I think the one constant for me is to continually to work on my mindset and my ability to manage adversity and and building a business and and managing you know your mind when things aren't going the way that you want them to because if you don't manage your mind it doesn't matter how skillful you are it's going to fall apart okay so let's let's dig into that a little more I'm, i'm curious to to hear about your experience and I just want to give some context. I, we were talking uh, before the conversation began, and I was looking at the archives of uh, Caroline's website back in 2010, and it looks nothing like it does today. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not the door. It was just a simple Genesis framework theme, but I love the lesson here because you guys started with um, just a minimal viable product. You just got something out there, and I think like a lot of people feel like they look at your site now and they see how well you're doing and they're like, wow, I, I don't think I could get there. You know, I, I don't think, and, and just want to make it clear. I mean, you didn't arrive where you are overnight. I mean, this was a long struggle. So what you talk about adversity, what, um, what challenges have you faced along the way? What are you, what are some of the things you've dealt with? Yeah, well, I mean, one of those is zero tech skill and design skills. Um, and, you know, that will prevent a lot of people. And they say, well, I don't have it perfect. I don't have a great looking site. Comparing themselves to people who have been doing it for five or more years. So obviously they've had the time to get to that point and develop something great. Um, so for us, it was a matter of just not trying to be perfect, just doing the best that we can and and just keeping our eye on the ultimate goal and and continuing to move in that direction and learning as we go but uh, we we have two children so a, a big challenge for us is to balance the 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 travel we recently did an 18 month road trip around Australia so we're balancing the travel with the, the kids and the homeschooling and the blog which is a full-time business as well um so that's a, a a huge challenge for us to stay really focused to know how to manage our time um and of course starting out everyone's going to have this uh, problem having a lack of resources and uh in the online world and you have to become the person who's doing everything and you're learning an incredible amount of skills. So we just, as I said, did the best that we could, weren't concerned about it being perfect. And then as we grew, we started to, when we got to the point where we could, outsource the things that we were really terrible at 
Um, and we start the first, I think the first thing we outsourced was uh, managing our website. I mean, it crashed. It cost us a lot of money to get it fixed. And then we, we got on a, a guy uh, to manage that for us and he maintains it and backs it up. So it, it doesn't, we don't have complications and problems like that. So I think it's a matter of just taking small steps, you know, looking, look, turn to people who have what you want, but don't look at them and think, oh, I'm, I'm not successful if I don't have that, what they have right now. Find out what they went through to get where they are and how they got there and then just simply follow the same sort of system or processes. I think for me, and I want to get your take on this, but I think for me what, what it is is um, if you're starting from zero and um, you haven't, I guess, accomplished anything yet up until that point, um, it's really easy to have like negative thoughts snowball in on themselves thinking, you know, mm. I'm, not, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough because you don't have reference experiences, you know, you know moments of victory or triumph that kind of give you the courage. Uh, where I, I feel, for me personally, I, I think that travel really helped me to increase my confidence, um, mm. just separating myself from the hamster wheel back home and um, being able to experience things and do things and then it just kind of pops up my confidence. Do you find that to be similar for you or where does your confidence come from? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and confidence is essential. That's, um, you know, if I was to recommend the one thing everybody work on more is their confidence because that gives you the ability to take risks and to believe in yourself and and to continue on the journey. But And travel, I just think, is one of the best things that you can do to increase your confidence and to get to know yourself more and to understand um, what you're capable of, what you really love to do and really tune into um, how you can um, give back and make a difference in the world. And, you know, when you're travelling, you're just thrown into the middle of nowhere, basically, and it's sink or swim, figure it out for yourself. And there's no other really experience in life that gives us that total you're on your own now um, and, and you've got to figure it out. And not only are you on your own, but you're on your own in a foreign, a very foreign world. Um, and I think it's really important for everyone to acknowledge themselves in those those small ways that you might not realize that give you strength and confidence and courage and use that power then to apply in other areas of your life how about the alibis that hold people back i mean how do you help people to um, kind of shatter those alibis and just get what they want anyway i know you have a lot to say on this topic I think first and foremost, you have to stop and and become aware of the words that you're using because they tell the story that you're, you're telling yourself of what you're capable of. Understand what the the real fear is there because the, the stories, the excuses that we give ourselves, the alibis, they're all covering up a fear, a fear that you can't do it, a fear that you're not good enough, that it's not going to work for you. Once you, once you get to that fear and you acknowledge it, you know then what to work with. Um, so I like to always come up with a, a plan for my, my fears and I sort of look at it, okay, I know what you are now, so you're there, uh, what's the worst possible thing that can happen if this fear comes true, fear of failure? Well, I fail, okay, 
am I dead? Is, you know, is that the ultimate worst thing? Is that I just fail? I can recover. And then I sort of think about, well, if I do fail, what would I do? And for me, it was like, well, I'll just, I I could have just gone back to teaching, but I actually burnt my teaching licence. So I couldn't really do that without going through a lot of hassle. So I thought, well, my worst case scenario is I will just go and work in a supermarket and I will be okay. And then once I have a plan for that, I kind of push that aside and I look at, okay, so what's the reward then? What am I working towards? And is this going to give my life something that's so valuable that it's worth risking the worst case scenario to go towards it? So that usually comes my fear. I've got a plan. I move forward. And then I have a look at those people who have done it because if someone else has done it, it's proof that I can do it too. So I use those people for inspiration and I learn from them and then I just keep moving forward. I love that answer. So you don't let the fear of failure hold you back. It's, you realize that failure is just temporary, mm-hmm. uh, but the reward can be fantastic. And I, I'm thinking of uh, Abraham Lincoln, you know, who's the most beloved president in the U.S. And he failed at law, failed at business. He lost several political elections, but... He ended up becoming the president and uh, the most beloved president in the United States. So yeah, <laughs> I've got I've got goosebumps, you know, just hearing that story. And I think it's yeah. such an amazing uh, perspective to look at. That failure is not bad. Failure is actually okay. It's it's in the failure that we learn and that we grow. And I think on this journey, I spoke recently at the Pro Blogger Conference down here in Australia and, and a big thing that I was saying is when you get into this world and this business, you have to be okay with failing because it will happen and there's a lot of strength in the failure and there are a lot of lessons that we can learn and it's there to help us grow even bigger and, and, and further. But you have to see it in that way. If you don't, that's when you'll quit. Okay, so let's talk about the other side. Um, I know that you say on your website, you've said in this interview that you've had an intense desire, and I know that every great goal that was ever achieved started with a really strong why, like a reason why. Mm-hmm. Mm. What has motivated you guys and, and kept you going? What is, where does your intense desire come from? Um, What's the vision? Just the, yeah, the desire to for freedom my my strongest value that drives me in everything is freedom i i i just want to live life on my terms um i i want to design the life i don't want anyone else telling me when i can go to the toilet or when i can have lunch which used to happen in my teaching career and i was like this just feels so out of alignment with my values. So an intense desire to have that freedom and just to explore and discover and really connect with life. And for me, it's tra- travel's the only thing that gives me those things. And I just, I don't want to live any other life. I've tried to and it just doesn't work for me. And within that as well, and, and it, it came from this when, starting our business and I think it's really important for people to understand that when you come into this life of entrepreneurship and having your own business it's important that you have a very strong intense why for yourself a world that you want to create that's in alignment with your values for yourself but a really intense why as well to help other people and for me I just felt this 
desire and this calling to really help other people travel more because I know the benefits it gives to your life. And I knew based upon our travel experiences and stories that I was in this unique position where I could really help people do that. I remember reading a quote a while back, and I don't know if I read this on your blog, but it was it was an Australian blogger, and they said that, um, it might have been your blog, but it, they said that one year can pass at home and you can't remember anything that happened. But if you spend just mm. like a couple of months abroad, I mean, you have so many experiences, like it's like you're compressing uh, years' worth of experiences into a short time. And there's also a saying that... Um, Monotony dulls your perception of time and novelty unfolds it. And I really find that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be me because I do write about this a lot. <laughs> and because and, <laughs> I really, it's funny, I, I, I can go back through my life and I can say in 2002, I was in Thailand and uh, Vietnam. In 2003, I was in Dublin. In 2004, I was uh, in Africa. And I, and I had, and I could even go to the uh, months as well. And then I got to 2008, 2009, 2010, and I went, I don't know what I did. I don't, that was just a complete blur for me. I know that I lost um, our investments and my life fell apart. But I had nothing, no other memories. The only special memory, of course, was our daughter was born. But apart from that, nothing. And that's when I really realised the, the importance of living a life that gives you memories because otherwise you're looking back and you're going, I have no idea what I did with my time. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that... Um... Would you say that travel has also made you a smarter entrepreneur? Uh, because I find, it, I find it's helped me in a lot of ways, and I, I see that a lot of digital nomads, a lot of the, the hottest entrepreneurs that are coming up right now in the, in the new generation all have travel backgrounds. And I guess for me, like, mm-hmm. I, kind of, I kind of got over myself. Like, I learned how to ask for the things I wanted. You know, if I mm-hmm. didn't have a place to sleep, you know, I, I have to start sending out couch requests, you know, and I got over my shyness of just approaching yeah. a stranger, you know. How about yourself? Oh, for sure. I mean, the experiences when you're traveling, um, they allow you to become yourself more, to to worry less about what other people think or expect of you, to to change, to be able to adapt really quickly, and especially with our online world, I mean, that's really important to be able to to adapt quite quickly, to be self-sufficient. And, you know, as you said, that confidence to ask for what you want. I mean, I speak a lot of, at a lot of events now, which um, a long time ago I, I would have found that very daunting. And I remember when I went to teach uh, in Bangkok, I uh, had to get up my very first day at, at assembly and, and speak to 500 Thai boys and none of them could speak a word of English. And I had to get up there and introduce myself and talk to them. And it was absolutely terrifying. But I had no other choice. I was in that position. I had to do it. I did it. I survived. I made it work. And now when I get to that point where I, you know, get up on a stage in front of 300 people to talk about entrepreneurship and our business, I I connect back to that time back then. And I think, you know, I I did it then. I survived. I grew as a result. I can do it again. 
That's fantastic. So that was a, a reference experience where you went through something difficult and you came through it and you survived and you were stronger for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I do the exact same thing, you know, because I, I do a lot of podcast interviews. I'm fully nomadic with this podcast. I don't have a studio or even a microphone at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I remember just one interview where I, I woke up and I had this interview scheduled with this guy and it was really hard to get him on the podcast and... We actually did it live, and I, I just felt really sick that day. I, I felt like I was going to vomit, and I was just on the verge of just saying, you know, I can't do it. I want to go back to bed. Uh, but we went through it anyways. We did it at this coffee shop. You know, there was a lot of people going running around behind us, uh, coffee maker making noise. But then the interview <laughs> turned out fantastic. I was really proud of the interview, and he said it was, it was so much fun, and he really enjoyed it. And I just think about that, you know, whenever I'm feeling tired or I feel like I can't do something, I just go back to that experience, and I say, well... You know, look how things turned out. You know, I had this this doubt going in, but things turned out fine. Uh, I'll, go ahead. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Have, I didn't have much to add. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I love that story, and I think it's so valuable for people to understand that because you know they're going to look at you and they're going to think you probably think you're sitting in a studio and that you're, you know, really an expert on doing this, but you're just going with the the flow of it. And you're acknowledging your fears. You know you're not feeling good. You don't really want to do it, but you do it anyway. And that's that's how, and it turns out amazing. And that's how it works. And it's really important for people to understand that because they think they have to have it all together before they start. Yeah, and we all have those pebbles in our shoe that um, that could potentially hold us back. But if we... If you really think of what the reward is and we have a strong why, I mean, we're going to power through that and, um, you know, not let the fear of failure or that inconvenience stop us, I think. Yeah, that's right. And the only way you're going to get the confidence you need to get to the place you want to go is by doing what you have to do, getting through it, learning, growing, surviving, and then you, your confidence goes up a notch and then you feel more capable to do more things. Okay, so you're really transparent and open on your blog about some of the ways that, uh, some of the things that have been influential in your success. Um, we both credit uh, Marie Forleo uh, as mm -hmm. an excellent uh, instructor. I've learned quite a bit from her. She really helped me to uh, change my, my mindset towards money uh, in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that uh, as a backpacker, as a traveler, you know, you're, you're trying to hoard money so much and because mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you're worried about where it's, you know, when it's going to run out and, and you're making decisions based on fear. And I don't ever think that works too well. But I'm curious, what have you learned as a result of taking uh, the B-School program? Oh, I love what you said then about, uh, you know, money and and being a typical backpacker and then coming into business because it's something I really struggled with as well because for before I got into my uh, this business I mean I had been traveling as a backpacker for about 13 years so my whole approach and psyche about money was hoarding and saving and budgeting and not investing in anything um, and that's really hard for someone who's coming into business because you your mindset around money has to be completely different. You have to be open to investing. You have to be okay with spending money and okay with earning money as well. It's a, it's a huge transformation that you have to go through. Um, 
so Marie's been really great in helping me with that as well and, and B-School really helped me to um, set up a framework for my business now that I can use over and over again. She really helped me to connect to my message and, and what I was doing in a way to serve and make a difference and then to, to frame my, my content and, and my business structure around that. So she's probably been the most influential upon uh, me turning the blog into a business. There's one quote in particular that I love, and um, she says that every time you spend money on something, tell yourself, there's plenty more where that came from. And I find that it, it helps you to rewire your mind so that you're not thinking about what you've lost, but how you can gain, you know, what opportunities you can uh, create to earn more revenue. And I know that um, you've probably tried a lot of different ways to make money. Um, I, you, you credit Marie Forleo and the B-School with uh, learning how to create proposals for pitching tourism boards. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are some things that you tried, you know, and, and how did you create opportunities and abundance for yourself? Yeah, so, well, creating abundance, the first thing I did was change my mindset. So I did and learned and I immersed myself in the world of, of uh, mindset around money and law of attraction and all of that to to get an understanding of how it works and how you create your own future and, and the way you start to look at money and abundance. Um, and and um, Marie's course helped me to sort of think that, it was okay to make money. It was important that I was making money because that then gave me even more opportunity to spread my message. And if I wasn't making money, then this this calling that I have to help people travel more would die and then all those people that I can help would not get my help and then their lives wouldn't be impacted. I think it's really important if people are struggling with this idea of it's okay to make more money and it's not a bad thing to to think about what is the good you can do in the world as a result of making money and who are the people in the world who do make money like Marie Folio and do a lot of great things with it. So that was the first thing and then once I sort of started thinking about that, I started thinking about the value that we offer and not so much what someone could give me or what they could do for me, but the value we could offer to help others. And we incorporated that idea in the proposals that we created, which then helped us to, to work, uh, gain contracts and things with tourism boards, which opened up a, a monetary avenue for us. Do you remember the biggest risk that you took or the biggest uh, pitch or proposal that you made? And was there a time when you just experienced a really bad rejection and how did you deal with it? Oh, I think we're, we're, I mean, we're getting rejections all the time. We're always proposing, we're always <laughs> pitching. <laughs> and I guess I'm just, at, you know, it just doesn't bother me anymore. I'm just like, okay, that's just part of the process. Learn from it, move on. I guess in the early stages, um, I mean, we were, we were bold. We, we w- wouldn't really say that we'd, I mean, we had nowhere near the platform that we have now, but we were out there pitching big proposals to people like Tourism Australia. And when I look back now, I think, wow, that was pretty bold that we were doing that. Um, but we really believed in what we were doing and we really believed the value that we could offer. And in in putting ourselves out there and throwing out the pitch and, and having a go, 
really taught us a lot of things about pitching and proposals and working with brands. We were learning so much to refine our skills, um, which then helped us ultimately when we began to grow to actually land some of those deals. But I think the first one, the big one that we pitched to Tourism Australia, I mean, they came back and said no. They've got the biggest social media uh, travel social media channels, one of in the world. Um, so they were kind of like, well, who are you guys? We don't really need you. Um, so it was a bit hard to take that at first because we really believed we had something to value, but we just sort of, you know, learned from that and, and uh, got back to the drawing board and, and was like, okay, so we weren't really thinking about Tourism Australia and what they need. Um, we sort of gave them a pitch based upon what we wanted without considering certain aspects of the fact that what we were pitching they didn't really need anyway because they had that covered. So that taught us a lot about bringing it back to the value that we could offer, the unique angle that we could offer and changing things around. I love that you said that you guys are always making proposals, that you're always pitching. And I think that mm-hmm. people, like, they, they don't understand this when they look at something from the outside. You know, they don't realize, like, well, they say, well, why travel blog is, is one of the biggest travel blogs in the world. They probably don't ever have to pitch anyone, you know, the opportunities probably come to them, but you guys are proactively going out and, and putting, you know, make, taking risks, uh, trying to, to create opportunities rather than sitting by, letting them come to you. And yeah, I think, I think that people don't really appreciate that enough. And I think that they really need to, to really kind of adopt that approach. I think like you do. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about the hustle. You've got to get out there and hustle because no one's going to find you. No one's caring about finding you. It's really up to you to to get yourself known, to build, to grow, to to create the opportunities and just really hustle. And in the in the process of the hustling is to Learn to be okay with rejection. Again, it's the same as learning to be okay with failure. Um, look at rejection as, as um, it's not personal and it's something that you can learn from and each rejection um, is leading you that step closer to the yes. Each no is moving you that closer to the right yes, the more perfect yes for you. Uh, I think if you look at it from that perspective, then you feel a little bit more confident to hustle and not to be afraid of being rejected. And I think it's really an amazing time that we live in right now because of the opportunities. I mean, back in the old days, people used to have to do cold calls and, mm. um, you know, knock on doors or even sending faxes to prospects. But now we can, yes. use, we can use email, we can use Facebook, we can use Twitter. And it just, it just isn't as daunting as it used to be. No, not at all. I mean, it's incredible. The, conversa- the people you can have conversations with over Twitter is, is really amazing and it can really lead to great things. And I think what, what people um, want to be aware of as well is the value of building relationships with people. Um, we, we did that from the very beginning. We were really good at, at you know, we had an idea in our minds of uh, potential brands or, or tourism boards that we would love to work with. We had a very clear vision of where we were heading with our blog. So we just started building relationships with these people, reaching out to them on social media and via email, even meeting up with them for coffee. And so even though they weren't ready to work with us now and the timing wasn't right, they really got to know who we are, who we were, what we stood for, uh, what we were doing on our blog, what were, what, what our intentions were. So when it uh, came to the time, the perfect time, they were actually out there um, 
vying for us and and you know fighting for us with their superiors and saying this is this is the right fit and and these are the reasons why and so that's why building those relationships are, are vital even though it might take months or even years before something comes about from it if you're really clear on the vision and the big picture you're working towards, then you'll understand the value in forming those relationships and you'll be more inclined to do that hustle and that work, that preparation work. And that's when you have the platform, you have the network that can make all of your efforts uh, easier and more attainable. Yeah. So you have on your, uh, I'm looking at one blog post, How to Make Money Travel Blogging, and you list out... Um, at least, well, you, you have seven main ones, um, mm-hmm. but then you have several others. Uh, I'm curious, like, when you find a new potential opportunity, a new income stream, whether it's uh, public speaking, whether it's affiliate marketing, um, mentoring or coaching, I mean, what's, what's your process for learning that uh, new skill, you know, adding that to the business? Because a lot of people like myself, I can speak about myself, like I might try something like affiliate marketing, it doesn't actually bring any income and then I'll stop it, you know? So mm-hmm. I think you have to really be willing to invest the time and the effort into making each of these. So how do you like kind of maintain all of these and keep them all going? I mean, do you have a process for whenever you see a new opportunity? Um, yeah, I guess we, we sort of look, does it, does it fit in with our long-term vision and plan? Is it, you know, is it worth investing the time in? If it's, particularly now where we're at a a much, uh, bigger level that demands more of our, our time, we have to, to evaluate things a lot more carefully. Um, does it feel right? I, I think it's so important to get back in touch with how things feel, um, and we've lost sight of that because we're, we're told we listen to too many other people and we forget our own intuition. And so for me, I just thought, does it feel right for me to do this? Is this something that I really want to do? And how viable is it? Uh, what, are the, what are the steps I have to put in place to make it work? Can I automate it? So, and, and what is your, think about your data and your community as well. So for us, for affiliate marketing, we're, we're putting a lot of time and effort into that at the moment. Uh, we're not traveling at the moment. So we have more time to put into it but because you can automate that you can make it passive um that's where we want to head we 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 want to head in that direction where we have more passive income streams and we know that can give us that so knowing that vision is this a right opportunity is this something that we want to put time and effort into because it's going to get us to where we eventually want to go i'm not sure if that's kind of answered your question or helped very much (laughs) (laughs) That, that, that talks about the why. I want to know also a little bit about the how, like um, public speaking, for example. Is that as a result <laughs> of the connections you've made with uh, tourism boards? Because I know that myself, I have goals like um, I might want to land a role in a movie or something like in China or India or something like yeah. that. But I don't know how to start. You know, how do I find right. those connections? Yeah. Um, well, the speaking for me, I... Because I, 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 that was part of my vision and plan. It was something I knew I wanted to do. So I started off making connections. And when we started, came back to Australia and were blogging here, it was really quite new and we were doing quite well with it. So I knew that I had a, an angle there and I had the ability to grow it into something. So I knew the people to make connections with. And when I saw there were a lot of sort of blogging, little blogging conferences and that popping up here and there. So I would just put my hand up and volunteer to do the speaking. So I started off uh, speaking 
and not getting paid for it. But I was like throwing myself out there and I want the experience. I'm going to do it. And then that led to um, tourism boards asking me to come and speak at, uh, you know, corporate events. And I knew at that stage it was a corporate event. I could charge for it. Um, and so I did. And so the speaking is one of those things where you can sometimes get paid for it and you sometimes can't. You've just got to understand the two differences and the, the two different ways. Um, and sometimes you want to do the unpaid ones because it's going to give you the experience and build the platform, which can then lead to um, the speaking stuff. I, I think it's really important for people to understand sometimes you do have to be like an intern to get that experience to build your value so then you can start charging. Um, so I think it, for the how is whatever the income stream is, well, you've got to do your research and, and figure out who's doing this, how they're doing it, and, and find those steps and processes that you can can follow. Like for the affiliate stuff at the moment, we sort of look at, okay, what's useful for our readers? We've created partnerships with booking.com and rentalcars.com because we use those services ourselves. So we get back to, okay, well, what uh, companies do we like, use and trust ourselves and are happy to recommend and then can we build a partnership with them so we reach out to them and let them know about who we are and what we do and and our platform and from that negotiate some kind of um, partnership and then you just put in the process of working out affiliate links etc and um, getting the systems up we're getting the systems up in place for that which um, once they're done we'll outsource to somebody to take care of us take care of it for us excellent so basically what you're doing is you're lowering the barriers of getting started um like with public speaking when you you do volunteering just get yourself out there um just put one foot forward and that that leads to opportunities invitations to do other uh other things as well yeah exactly yeah and when when you're there and you you building that influence, sharing your expertise, then that can then launch into other things like mentoring and coaching. Um, And that's a door that's opening up for me at the moment because I have that platform, I've built the authority and expertise and now people are coming to me, do you offer mentoring and they're asking me. So I'm like, well, okay, a lot of people asking me about this, there's an opportunity there. Uh, Now do I want to follow this or do I not want to? And how are you finding your clients? Just from your your blog and your mailing list? Yes, yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, one one I've been using, uh, one platform I've been using lately is Clarity.fm. Have you tried that? Oh no, I've not heard of that. Yeah, okay, it's, that's it's, great. It's a platform uh, similar to like Upwork or oh, okay, yep. Airbnb, one like some like kind of a similar algorithm like that, and. Um, it's, I've, I've gotten my first couple of clients on there. I think it's really cool. And um, the, if, if you want to know more info, I can send you more info about it later, uh, about okay. how to build it up. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Thanks. I yeah. haven't heard of that. It's a great resource. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, you, you're a great resource. You've shared some fantastic information on this podcast, and I've been reading over your blog while you've been talking at the same time, and you have so much great stuff on there. Um, Tony Robbins, you, you quote him, and... Mm. Uh, constant improvement. You have things you say like, do what other people won't. You know, put in the hard work and the sacrifice. Um, if if you can tell me, I'm I'm a bit curious, you know, because I'm a blog owner and um, I want to know, like, going back from where you were 
uh, back in like 2010, 2011, when you had just a basic site, to getting to where you are now, um, what were some of the big wins? Like, can you break it down into a process? I mean, how do you go from a few hundred visitors a day to 10,000 per day? Yeah, um, well, it doesn't happen overnight. That's the, the first thing to know. <laughs> um, we we were we were fortunate that we started travel blogging already with many years of travel experience under our belt. So we already had an a, an authority, so to speak. Um, it was very easy for us to understand who we were speaking to. We really understood the mindset of travellers, what they needed, and we had the stories and tips there already to give them. So our our priority was to consistently create useful and inspiring content. And because we were doing that, there weren't a lot of blogs at the time that were. It was more people about to set off on their round-the-world journey, so they were sort of sharing about what they were going through, planning it. And But we could come in there, already had done it, and, and give what people were looking for. So I think consistent, useful and inspiring content um, that's, that people want to engage with and share is always going to help you build your traffic. And if you can really speak to your readers' uh, pains and their struggles and give them the things they need to overcome them, that's really going to in, uh, build that loyal community and, and make things shareable. There was um, When we came back to Australia, we had an opportunity to uh, partner with Qantas and it was the Rugby World Cup that was happening in New Zealand. So we were invited to be a correspondent to attend uh, and Craig went, our second child was only 10 days old and that was a huge sacrifice for Craig to go and, and for me to stay behind with a 10-year-old. And But we knew that it was going to do really great things for our business because Qantas was a at the top of our list of people we wanted to work with. We love the brand. We've always used them. So it was a great alignment. It was an opportunity too good to pass up and that really helped build our credibility, gave us great exposure and we saw our traffic just really lift up after that experience. So that was another one. And then another uh, one that really gave us a huge boost in traffic was when our Pinterest uh, following just suddenly exploded. We're not sure what happened but we think we were possibly featured on um, like a, a Pinterest recommended board, follow board because our, our uh, followers just, just took off. And, of course, uh, that brings over sometimes close to 200,000 visitors a month to our site. So that really exploded our traffic. Okay. I'm, so I'm not on Pinterest, but I know that there's probably a listener or two that um, is wondering, how did you make it work with Pinterest? You know, what's, what's your strategy for that? How did you get yeah, Pinterest, Pinterest is a great... Um, Great platform for driving traffic to your site. We, again, we, we Pinterest is not so much a social community like Facebook or Instagram is, but it, it's more like a search engine. People are on there specific look, looking specifically for solutions to their problems. But they're looking uh, for them as they would in Google, but you can give the results back via beautiful images. And so we know the mind's going to connect with the visual. So Pinterest is really powerful in that way. We give them the beautiful images that they're looking for. And then on top of the image, we, we write um, 
sorry, the beautiful images they'll be inspired by and on top of that, the, what, the information, what they're looking for. So it might be 33 things to do in Sydney. So automatically they're like, okay, that's what I need. They can bookmark it, they can come back to it later or they can click on it and go directly to your site and get that useful information. And then they come over and they're like, wow, this person has really helped me. They'll click around, get to know you a little bit more and hopefully stick and join your community. So that's the power of Pinterest and, and basically that's the strategy around it that's worked for us. And if you want to check that out, go to pinterest.com forward slash why travel blog. You can see all of uh, Caroline and Craig's amazing travel photography. Uh, you might have a case of envy like I am having right now. <laughs> just, just a warning, but um, really inspiring and I know that it wasn't easy. Thank you so much for uh, taking your time on this interview and excellent resource that you guys have put together at whytravelblog.com. Go check that out. There's so much good stuff on there. I've bookmarked several articles. Awesome. Thanks so much, Danny. I've uh, enjoyed chatting with you. It's always a topic I love chatting about and helping people um, learn ways they can create that life they're really looking to live and, and to, to experience and share with others. So just to break down some of the things that we discussed in this call and summarize, um, one was you need to have an intense desire, a strong reason why, and yours was freedom. Two, realize that the potential rewards are far greater in terms of what they give than any setback can take. Uh, three, having an abundance mindset, and you said it best. You said that you can earn more money when you have reasons beyond making money that are tied to your mission. Uh, four, Always be pitching, making proposals, taking risks where potential rejection is likely. And five, if you really want to do something, be willing to volunteer, do it for free at first, pay your dues, and it will lead to opportunities later on. Uh, is there anything that I missed, uh, Caroline, or anything you wanted to add? Uh, no, no I, 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 think, um, I think you've summed it up really well there. Okay, fantastic. Um, so what's, what's next for you and anything you want to uh, leave the, the viewer, uh, I'm sorry, the listener with, any way that they can get in touch with you, anything you want to sign off with? Sure. Uh, at the moment, we're planning our next big adventure at the moment, which is a road trip across the US. So we're back into the hustle mode, putting proposals together and, and you know, reaching out to possible brand partners, etc. So that's our next big exciting adventure, hoping to kick off around May in the US next year. But people can find us on whytravelblog.com and then our social channels, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, it's all at whytravelblog and that's the letter Y. Okay, so how long is this road trip? And uh, give me a snapshot <laughs> into what your plans are. <laughs> One more question. Yeah well, yeah, well, at the moment it's quite dependent upon visas, but uh, in, in our ideal situation it's going to be, oh, look, it took 18 months for us to do Australia and we still missed out one state. So it's going to be for at least a one- to two-year uh, adventure across the US and, and we're just deciding now, based upon visas, whether we will break that up in, you know, doing six to 12 months here, having a rest and doing settled life for maybe a year and then uh, smaller road trips after that. And do you guys just purchase a camper van or something? I'm just trying to imagine a day in the life. Uh, and then do you, do, you, yeah. do you homeschool your kids while, while they travel with you? Yeah, that's right. So our eldest at the moment's in uh, school. Our youngest still has a, another year before she is. Uh, and we will look at, we're looking at like trailers or RVs, um, that would work best for us so that there's 
a little bit of stability uh, and security there for all of us, um, especially for the kids. That's, that's incredible. I really like how um, for you guys, you know, having kids wasn't the end of the adventure, wasn't the end of the dream, and you're just, you're just continuing to live this dream and also making it a reality for your children. I think it's, it's really cool and just wanted to give you props for that. Thank you. Yeah, and don't, don't, don't believe anyone who says that life's over when you have kids. It's not true. You just evolve and adapt. So go ahead and uh, check out this lovely couple and see what they're up to on whytravelblog.com. Thank you so much, Carolyn. Thank you, Danny. It was great chatting with you. You too. Take care.